Well, everybody, we've got just two ADP chasings of the season left. Yes, best ball summer is in its final days. We still, however, got plenty of news to discuss with Josh Jacobs' return to Las Vegas Raiders and several key wide receiver injuries, including Terry McLaurin and JSN. We'll break down our approach to the final days of draft season and maybe even hop in our first Best Ball Mania 4 draft as an ADP chasing team. Let's do it. Pat Fryer Helmo. <laughs> Anita Hanjob. Fix your sight. Jamar. Alpha play chase. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Canarius Tony? You can't handle the heat. It looks like we're finally at this point. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) So, guys, we had this plan. Uh, All summer, we're going to close out ADP chasing with a high stakes draft. Um, (laughs) Turns out. That's not your sickos filled all the tournaments. God damn sickos filled they all the tournaments. They filled them fast. Filled them real fast. Ugh, that's a bummer. Um, and apparently no more tournaments on the horizon is the inside intel uh, from underdog that, that we're aware of. I'm not of, sure so. if we're going to get another high stakes tournament. Um, and if we try to wait out for another high stakes tournament, which we don't have today, then best ball mania will probably fill. <laughs> So yeah, so we should uh just go ahead and draft the BBM is, is what we're thinking. I'm with it. Should we do should we do risers and fallers first or the BBM first? What do you guys think? Um should we hit on I think maybe we hit on Jacob's some of like the water super injury yeah, stuff first and then yeah. hop in a draft and then we can talk through like some other stuff as we draft. Um anyways, I'll pull up pull up the list here. Uh no small talk today. Let's Dive right into the Josh Jacobs story. He returned to camp. I think this was largely uh, expected. It uh, was sort of reported even a week before. Uh, he got, I actually haven't looked at the details, but he got up to $2 million extra. I'm not sure if it was guaranteed. Um, kind of kind of irrelevant for his fantasy outlook, what he actually got, but got a couple extra million dollars slapped onto his contract. Question for you guys, starting with you, Pat. Um where are you taking Jacobs now? Um, what's what's your approach to him? You know, he's he's risen a little bit, but um, this is basically what his price was before the holdout. So not a huge increase. Um, are you chasing up any farther? Yeah, I, I was able to get overweight on Jacobs with this third round ADP. Um, and I think that was kind of the, the way to play it. Like we we're thinking basically this is like Saquon Barkley kind of provided the path and then Jacobs ended up following that path. That was sort of the most likely situation um, to play out. But as he comes up now, it depends how far up he's going to go. If he's going to be like Derrick Henry range, I, I'm fine with that. You know, I'm fine to take him over Henry, but if he moves into that mid second, then especially in best ball mania, I think that's just pretty bad. You're getting a guy who I, I'm not sure has the like the legendary upside kind of ceiling. Um, I mean, we're looking at a guy who was well short of that with a career year last year. Uh, he absolutely dominated his share of team attempts. He should have a really nice lead in that this year, but you know they got a chance to look at Zamir White, who's very athletic, bigger back. He could mix in a little bit more, and that would hurt a guy like Jacobs who had like an 80% team attempt share. So uh, if he's I've seen stuff like, oh, he's, you know, should be in the middle of the second round or something. I will be fading at that price. 
partially because a lot of people have mid third and partially just because I don't think he's right. really worthy of, of that type of uh, pick. Davis. I've been, I've been, ET, I've been ETN pilled. So like, like Sean started making Jamal Charles comparisons and I was like, well, don't re- don't really want to be missing on that guy. And it just feels like I'd rather buy on the Jaguars than the Raiders. And I already have so much, like I have, my portfolio is so concentrated in Devonte Adams that if in the three week sprint, it's Josh Jacobs posting, you know, multiple 25 plus point games, that probably means Devonte Adams isn't. So I'm pretty comfortable being below market. I, I wonder how much Jacobs I even have. Like I, I bet I probably don't even have that much, even though I never expected him not to play. Uh, yeah. I was got, at 8%, I, but I have a lot of high stakes stuff. So I kind of felt like mm-hmm. it just ended up being kind of the timing of when I was drafting. That's how it, not that I, I not that I wouldn't take Josh Jacobs in the third round, particularly like I'm doing like some co-management events. I've got one tomorrow night with Silva. Gotta think Silva will want to be pressing the button on on Josh Jacobs. Um, you know, like it it's he he seems fine, but I prefer the two guys who go directly behind him in ETN and Ramondre by like quite a bit. So not that I not that I think he's bad, but it's just hard for me to click him there basically like it, it just feels like a perfectly fine adp for the people who want to take him i don't think it's bad but i i'm not going to be doing it I don't but does think. it stop here because i don't think it does i think it moves up. i mean it did feel to me like there was this sort of i'm calling this a steam valve where there's there was like there was steam that uh that was captured and bottled during this period because i like that analogy of, pat right like lots of uh kind of more traditional fantasy football analysts, I think would have been talking about Jacobs as, as a one, two turn type of pick. Like he's kind of come, you know, he's coming off this amazing year. He's sort of safe, all that type of traditional stuff. And, but those type of analysts are generally not the ones to recommend anyone with uncertainty. You know, if there's contract uncertainty, it's like, well, just wait it out see what happens. So you're going to get some of that now. You're going to get this guy, now that this is figured out, he's, you know, I'll take him over Tony Pollard or whatever. Like, I certainly wouldn't do that. But I think there's Seems going like to it, be... That would be a disaster. Taking him over Pollard would be such a disaster. <laughs> well, I agree. But I don't... I think someone is going to step up to that plate. I don't know who, but... Yeah. You know. well, well, that's the thing, is anything, anything, any fantasy football take you can imagine, someone out there, like, that's their thing. I saw a tweet the other day from someone, I don't even remember who it was, but they said, good morning, don't forget to draft Van Jefferson today. And I was just like, there's a fantasy take for everything. Like if there's a yeah, guy out yeah. there who, who's flag planning wide receiver 64 Van Jefferson, then there's someone out there who's flag planted everything, you know? <laughs> yeah. The thing with Jacobs, um, like I, I think I'm with you guys that, yeah, if you want to put him over Derek Henry, and that's a pretty big jump from where he is now. Henry goes to pick 20, Jacobs at pick 27. I actually don't really have a problem with that. I can definitely see the argument for Jacobs being a better pick than Henry. If you now want to take him ahead of the elite quarterbacks or at least mix him in that range, maybe even if you want to say, hey, I'm taking him over like T. Higgins, Devonta Smith. Now, even even that I think is fine. That's where it so, starts to get a little weird to me. Yeah, well, that, that, the reason that's where why, I think the line is, right? The reason but, why yeah. you would do that, the reason why you would do that is that the stacking options you used to be able to get hurts Devonta on that two three turn a lot and now you can't so 
I, I, you know, if it's, if you're, if you're just sitting there looking at like, okay, so I started Justin Jefferson or Jamar chase. And then I took pick your flavor wide receiver, but you want an anchor running back. I don't have any issue with Jacobs at three, two or three, one in that. Oh no, I don't either. But we're talking about late second. Does he go? How is he in the late second? That, that feels bad to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I probably take Devonta Smith there because I do like the chance at the Jalen Hurts st- stack, but I actually don't have a problem. If you want to take Jacobs at two eleven, you want to take him over like that Olave, um, Devonta, T. Higgins tier wide receivers. I'm personally like fine with that. I don't think I would be doing that every time. I mean, the thing with Jacobs, I, I was trying to channel my my inner Crane. Uh, Crane had a great article on the legendary upside scenarios. You guys should definitely check it out. Pat, I'm curious, like, how you think, like, like, couldn't Jacobs' path just be, like, is it that crazy to say, you know, Jacobs had 2,000 yards from scrimmage last year, led the league, you know, in touches, 50 straight catches in two-plus years. What if he just does that again and gets 20 touchdowns? Like, he only had 12 touchdowns last year. I think that's kind of underperforming his yardage. Like, is it that insane just to say he does what he did last year and falls in the end zone, like, in a more lucky way than he did last year? Like, to me, that's not that crazy like i'm curious what you think though of his like true true like legendary upside uh scenarios yeah i think it's not it's not a great path because he doesn't have the the receiving element really locked down um over his career just he has 2.7 receptions per game which is well below we're looking for he hasn't been a super efficient receiver although he's not bad he was he was used more last year, twelve percent target uh, share last year, which is pretty solid. But again, not like not awesome, you know. Like if he was at fifteen percent last year, I'd be like, well, they used him differently. Like this is a different uh, regime. This is a different Josh Jacobs. Like we can count on him to be the receiver now. But I think he's he's more likely to be like used a fair amount as a receiver, but not to an elite level. And then you need elite something else and. This is not going to be a very good team. You know, this is a team that's could be kind of a disaster. Like if you look circle teams that could just like where it goes to hell, like the Raiders are pretty high on the list. So I mean it it did go to hell for the Raiders last year, right? To be clear. I mean, they benched Derek Carr for Jarrett Sidham. Like they were a bad yeah. team. They were they were yeah. a really bad team last year. I don't find that argument nearly as compelling. But that might just be Devontae Adams bag protecting, to be clear. Like, I am not an unbiased source here on that at all. But what I worry about is these are the snap shares of his games where he scored more than 20 points. 89%, 83%, 81% twice, two 80%, two 79%, two 75%. You start to get into 75% being his baseline or 65% being his baseline because Zamir White's working in a little bit here, Brandon Bolden's stealing a couple here, you know, and then then you're talking about a guy whose projection each week moves down a tier, and it's a like he got all the green zone touches for the Las Vegas Raiders last year. I It just, he feels to me much more fragile in the sense of we saw what peak Josh Jacobs usage was like, whereas the guys who go behind him, ETN, Ramondre, the market is making an assumption that those guys are losing quite a bit of their high value touches, which, I mean, I think there's going to be two games where Ezekiel Elliott gets a chance to play goal line stuff and is going to be really bad at it. And Belichick's going to be like, actually, maybe let's not do that, which is not to say Kevin Harris or Ty Montgomery or someone can't take that. 
But for ETN specifically, and and this is not my original point, Gretchen Sean have been all over this all offseason. He misses the rookie year with injury. There's been this presumption by like film watchers that he can't catch passes like he did in college. But like guys learn and add skills in the NFL. And ETN is like not an all-time prospect. He's not Bijan or Saquon, but he's like one tier below that. I don't really see any reason he can't see his goal line and long down and distance snaps increase. Like Tank Bigsby is like the most mediocre creative player at running back prospect ever. Like he is not a special, he, he might as well be Darius yeah. Johnson or Jamichael hasty, you know, in the kind of like, yeah, sure. Yeah. He, he's, yeah. Not, so, he's not Darius Johnson or Michael hasty. He's, he's like one of these backup running backs with a little pop. That's how he yeah. profiles. Or if like, if he sure. were to take over, be like a high end RB two if ETN went down like that kind of, you'd be psyched to have him. But, but I generally agree. I mean, ETN was a much better prospect than Bigsby. So just going back to Jay, like I, I don't really have any pushback on fading. Well, can I? Or sorry, on the full case for ETN. But no, I, I just, I just want to on Jacobs circle yeah. back to something. But but you can go ahead if you if you got something. Yeah, just one thing on Jacobs. Like, so the, the Zamir White stuff. Like, I was actually I had this argument with some some folks the other week where I'm like, oh, doesn't like Zamir White kind of get a chance now? Like, even if Jacobs does come back to like carve out a role. Maybe he can work in sort of on the short yardage, uh, give Jacobs more of a break. And I, I do like kind of believe that, but. Well, that's man, a real football th- guy take, right? Of being like Zamir was here all off season working his ass off and Josh Jacobs was, you know, doing whatever. Like, why wouldn't we give Zamir White some more work to reward his effort in the off Yeah, I ca- I ca- And I sort of see that argument, but I mean, so they knew he was back this weekend, right? And. Amir Abdullah and Brandon Bolden rested and Zamir White played with the Aiden O'Connell, Keelan Cole, Philip Dorsett group. Again, that doesn't mean he's like buried. I get he's a younger player. I get why he'd play. But like, to me, that's not a signal like, oh, we want Zamir on ice because he has a role week one. It's kind of just like Zamir still needs to prove that he can even be the backup here. Like, I'm kind of, you know. I don't think Zamir White comes out of the gate with any kind of real role. Jacob's got $2 million guarantee added onto his deal. McDaniels used him like a workhorse last year. Like that's still my base assumption is that he is going to be the workhorse again. I I get like the upside with offense and stuff isn't there, but I don't know. Like when I'm thinking like Jacob's first, like T Higgins, it's just like, I think the ceiling and the base projection are like, kind of better for Jacobs to be honest. So I don't know, maybe I'm wrong there, like on a weekly basis or something, you can make that argument, but I just think the touches are going to be so good. As we, as he moves, you know, and I'm, this is kind of coming from, we brought the legendary running back framing and, and that framing, you know, I write that article about running backs in the first two rounds, because that's where guys who have like, okay, seasons that don't kill you actually do kind of kill you because you know, you get passed by receiver points and then those teams, especially this year, have a chance to get really cheap running back production. So you kind of lose twice. Um, And Jacobs in the third round, like it didn't really apply to him. You know, like you can get, if he, if he scores a little bit less than last year, like, okay, he scored 19 and a half points per game in PPR last year. Like you you would be fine, you know, in half PPR or PPR with, with the kind of, um, you know, with 90%, Josh Jacobs from last year in the third. But the issue is, as he, if he, you know, if he moves into the middle of the second, which I kind of think he will, then you're actually 
looking for more of like a legendary ceiling. And that's where, you know, I talk about like the quality of the offense and, you know, Davis is saying, well, it shouldn't be any worse than last year. Yeah, probably not, but it wasn't good enough last year. He scored 19 and a half PPR points per game last year. He's, he had 3.1 receptions per game. If he's going to add like three and a half PPR points per game, where could that possibly come from? He's maxed out on the touches. He had 80% of the team attempts last year. That was RB1. That was 5% more than Derrick Henry. I think anything from Zamir White hurts a lot, you know? So, and is that, if it's half Especially a season. Especially because I, I kind of think Zamir White is decent. Like, I don't think he, I think he's, I think he's the Tank Bigsby equivalent, right? So, like a backup running back with a little bit of pop. So, right. I, I agree with that. I think Zamir White had 14 carries and zero targets last year. Give him 75 carries and 13 targets, and that is coming directly out of Josh Jacobs' pie in an offense that doesn't have that big of a pie to begin with. Right. Like a, yeah. It's like a Walmart store-bought you know, pumpkin pie as opposed to like your grandma's you know, uh, delicious homemade pumpkin pie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I don't know. I just... As he moves up, I think you start you start to want to look at the ceiling more, and it really does feel like last year was the ceiling. Can he get there again? Like, yeah, I think so. I think he could have another 19 points a game, like you know, like he did last year. But I, I don't think he's a great bet for the truly like game changing, you know, earth shattering type of ceiling. Just doesn't really like. There's no clear path to that. Um, and then when you look at the opportunity cost or the, kind of the better bets later, like. ETN in the fourth or Josh Jacobs in the second? <laughs> ETN in the fourth all day, right? That one's easy. Uh, Ramondre in the late third. I, I would rather take him. Obviously, I'm Brees in the late fourth or whatever. Da- so. Damian Damian Pierce in the sixth round. I'm starting Damian to Pierce get. In the sixth. I'm starting. I'm starting to get very like click happy. Like it's five ten, and I'm like, why don't I just take Damian Pierce? Why don't I just live a little? I'm starting <laughs> I to get think very... I'm going to be drafting some Damian Pierce later today yeah. too. Yeah. I, have you? Um, this is this is a macro. Uh, J.K. Thing. Dobbins in the sixth. I mean, there's a lot of sure. other ways to go. This is a more macro thing, but about 10 days ago, I was starting to get very burnt out on drafting. I'm wondering your guys' thoughts on this, but like right now, I'm like at, like I'm like on the clock and all these drafts, but I'm like excited to pick. Like I'm, I'm getting much more, the closer we get, the more like excited I am to draft. Uh, I'm wondering your guys' burnout levels. The slows have getting, been getting me down, but the other day, I, I think it was Marvin Mims or someone fun, and I was just like, isn't this supposed to be fun? I'm just taking because I'm in more of these high stakes slows where I'm trying to like really like think about my picks and I was just like I'm just taking mims let's let's have fun yeah. again you know I'm in I think I'm in like half of those uh, bulldog slows with you Pat we're battling each yeah. other in a ton of those yeah. um, th- those have been getting me a little bit because people completely like wipe out the like the the boring players that I hate to draft are always staring at me like 30 yeah. picks past ADP. It's like I've taken two shares of Zeke at like 180 in those. So I'm like, you know what? <laughs> fuck like That's I have a good pick. Yeah, That's I'm like, fuck pick. it. Like zero I have zero Zeke. Like this seems great, but like I still hate doing it at the same time. <laughs> um but yeah, man, those those are brutal. Um anyways, uh <laughs> let's let's get on schedule here before we do a draft. I do think there are some kind of huge wide receiver injuries that have happened the past week we have not touched on yet um let's do the sort of Dotson and McLaurin conversation in tandem here Dotson is up seven spots um and let's see McLaurin is down seven so people are kind of treating that equally 
Um, though, just to sort of set the uh, table on McLaurin's injury, he suffered a turf toe in the last preseason game. And the general consensus is that it's not that serious of an injury that he is, there's optimism for week one. Um, so yeah, curious, like your thoughts on McLaurin rising or sorry, falling and Dotson uh, rising Davis. How have you been playing in that situation? I've been not taking McLaurin. I've been taking Tyler Lockett and George Pickens ahead of him. And I have been taking Dotson. I've been chasing. I'm, I'm in these hundred. I'm literally making my picks right now. I'm in these 120 fucking puppy slows. And I, um, yeah, I'm chasing, I'm chasing this team. I mean, the other thing is reflected by our next riser, Sam Howell, but I am also realizing that Sam Howell is, I mean, probably he's a bad pick now and where he's going particularly in best ball mania because so many people got him in round 18 and got specifically better prices on, you know, like you could get round five, Iuke, round eight, John Dotson, round 18, Sam Howell, but more in the snapshot contest, I'm more into it. However, I just, I, I've been listening to all these Sean podcasts and he is so bullish on Sam Howell. It's been like infecting me that I'm like, look, if I got to take a round 15 Sam Howell and a round 18 Cole Turner to, to back this, to get this team through, like it is what it is. I just gotta, I just gotta click these buttons. Dotson feels like everything we love though. Like it feels like young guy early declare scored a bunch of touchdowns as a rookie. We know that touchdowns as a rookie tend to be pretty predictive. He's got this big opening with McLaurin, probably not ready. Also turf toe, by the way, I did some Googling on this. And cause I was like, I kind of had some memories of like, you know, guys I've liked in fantasy have had this injury before Devonte Adams had it. He missed eight games. Julio Jones has had it basically was the beginning of the downfall of Julio Jones, like wide receivers when they get this turf toe injury. Lost Charles Woodson a couple of years of his career, really. I mean, he was playing it, through it, but he was kind of that, like, when he was at the Raiders, and then he went to the Packers and kind of revived himself. But he'd been dealing with turf toe for, like, years with the Raiders. Darren McFadden. Guys remember, it. Yeah, I was going to say Darren McFadden. That was the one I remember. Oh, my God. I You know how many times I drafted Darren McFadden in, like, the third round of drafts only to, like, get, like, literally zero games out of him? There was a year he was on the Cowboys, and he was, like, a seventh-round pick. And I was just like, this is the greatest gift I've ever gotten, and then he obviously immediately got injured. But point being, the thing is, we should say there. I think there are grades to turf toe. Yeah, though. this is a so, yeah. I would I would like check with the medical experts. I don't think like all turf toe is like the same. So this this could end up being mild. I don't I don't really know. It, it could totally end up being nothing. Really, the only per, the persuasive argument to me about continuing to take McLaurin as he falls is that. That four five turn area has become so hard to click it anyone. It's like, do it's I? It's kind of bad to get the one one right now because the two three turn and the four five turn suck. <laughs> it's like well, yes, you yeah. you get the you get the Jefferson super boost, but then you have to reach on guys at the at the yeah. two three turn and at the four five turn. Now at the six seven turn though, you end up getting some. That's gifts. a good turn. The six seven turn is good, and the eight. Have you gotten an eight nine turn Kyle Pitts yet? Because let me tell you, Whew. that is no, I've I I've gotten those I've gotten those wow. in a couple of these puppies. People are people are done with Kyle Pitts. People people are acting like Kyle Pitts has already disappointed them. It's, it's they really are bad. they are they're acting like it's twenty twenty four. He's yes. already had a bad twenty twenty three. They're they're already they're all like they saw Parker Hesse in in preseason week two and they were yeah. like I can't do this shit again. Michael Pruitt ran more yeah. routes than him and they're like it's over. <laughs> 
we do, yeah. uh, Sam, we see these Howell and Pickett yeah. arising together. And I feel like that's basically just these guys looked pretty good. Okay. The, the Pickett thing was, okay, the Steelers were playing against, uh, I forget who they played last week, but it was like the third string players on the Seahawks. I'm forgetting what team they played now. Whatever team they played, they're playing like the third stringers. And the Steelers just lit, lit them up. Yeah. But it's like, guys. It was fun. It, looked good. it was fun to watch. Like Najee even kind of looked good. Jalen Warren yeah. looked like he was shot. There's out of a red cannon. flag. Okay, you're touting Pickett over this. <laughs> Najee looked good, so be careful. Yeah, be know? careful on this preseason game that I think was in prime time. Whatever, like the first preseason game is of the week that people actually like watch before they realize they hate preseason football. They see a couple highlights and they're like, "Ooh, Kenny Pickett looked really good against the fourth string uh, cornerbacks on on the Seahawks. We got to draft him." So I don't know, man. I'm not saying Pickett was a bad pick. So like. This one's like Pickett's fine. Uh, Pickett's I'm, I'm buying. I'm buying both of these them. rises. I just want it on the record. I'm the slappy buying both okay. of these rises. Let's talk Howell because this is this is a mistake. The way to play Howell is go get him in some main events. Yeah, get him in your main event portfolio. You get him in high stakes managed leagues. That's how to play Howell because you're actually going to be able to like start him early, and then if he ends sure. up getting benched, like so what? You can move on. Like, it's so easy to find quarterback points later in the main event. It doesn't hurt you at all. He's so cheap. There's no opportunity cost, really. And, and you know, if he's awesome, you got him on some high-stakes teams, so you're going to be you're gonna be happy. But mixing him into my best ball portfolio as he's rising, as his number one receiver's dealing with turf toe, <laughs> that seems bad. I don't – Well, it makes it – it that? actually – so weirdly, it makes it easier to get him, right? Because if you catch, like, a sixth-round McLaurin – you know, and you're like, oh, I didn't take any of the top eight quarterbacks. I don't have a cowboy to take Dak. I don't have a Seahawk to take Geno. It, it's actually pretty easy to do. The guy that I feel, if we're taking uh, a quarterback a little bit, you know, if we're going to be happier to take a quarterback um, that doesn't have full job security, I actually feel a little bit better about Ritter with Trey Lance going sure. to Dallas. I think that's like sneak. That was like one of the, it was, I think, pretty low odds, but that was one of the ways this gets screwed up, and now that's resolved. Um, so when when Carson Wentz is when Carson Wentz is putting on the dirty bird in week seven. Oh well, no, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh boy. I uh so I don't have anything interesting to say about Waller. I feel like we've already talked about him a ton. I did just want to mention this on Juwan Johnson as a big riser. Jimmy Graham's playing more than anyone yeah. wants him to. I just, I just, I officially want this on the record. Jimmy Graham scored a vintage, vintage Jimmy Graham touchdown in the preseason last night, and Dennis Allen was like jazzed up about. It. We, we're doing, we're doing a press conference. Pat here, he was like, he was like, oh, that was really good to see. It was really good. It was really cool to see him out there running routes. Like it looks like he still got it, you know. Oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. Okay, the, the Jawan Johnson thing, I was going to truth him a little bit today, too. Like, I get it. He's he's a fun player, but, like, okay, last year he was 21st in routes run at tight end. That, that That's fine. Whatever. You can still, you know, justify taking the tight end 18 at, you know, who's running. He's a bit of a deep threat. Yeah, exactly. Nice yeah. yeah. Well, he's yeah. a wide receiver at Oregon. Yeah, he's converted wide receiver. I get it. But, like, if we're going to nitpick all these guys, like, routes, like, we nitpick the shit out of Kincaid's routes. We nitpick, you know, Dulcich's routes. Man, they added. nitpicking with Kincaid. <laughs> it's like a 10th okay. round pick. Yeah, yeah. Okay, whatever. I mean, Foster Moreau and Jimmy Graham are going to play a lot of these, like, 
blocking play action snaps, I think. I mean, they basically replaced Adam Troutman with Foster Moreau and Jimmy Graham. You can say that doesn't matter at all. I, I think you're just chasing like touchdowns with Jawan Johnson, which is fine, but like they I had a lot of them awesome. last year, which yeah. is like kind of why you care about him. Like if you if you're like what why is John Johnson a guy I know again? It's because he scored a bunch of touchdowns last year. That's why he, yeah. that's why he's on the radar. He did have like a really like Derek Carr was talking him up as you know the season, yeah he's like, got a lot of hype and action and, yeah yeah so that's good but then the route stuff is bad so if he's rising it's probably not the right time to take him yeah I just still like Musgrave over him he's also rising a crazy amount but like the role feels better with Musgrave maybe I'm like over Musgrave is that, gonna like run but... the third most routes at tight end of any tight end in the NFL like he's gonna he's gonna have run like a a and dummy number of routes when it's all said and done. Yeah, I guess I could see that. I I don't think that's the most likely thing to happen, but just because because this is a true this is a true. What are you gonna do to take this away from me from the coaching staff? Because the other tight end options are guys they hate in Josiah Deguera, who has never been a functional part. Those run the, blocks is what it is. The the blocking tight end got hurt. Tyler Davis right, got hurt. And right. then the other rookie, Tucker Craft, has been way behind Musgrave in developmental. And then you might be like, oh, well, they'll just go really heavy with the wide receiver personnel. Will they, though? They because they don't have anyone older than 23 in their wide receiver room. Like, like the it might just fail because Luke Musgrave is not good and never topped like 317 yards at Oregon State. Like, that's totally a possibility that I'm open to. But it's not gonna, it's not gonna fail because they just decide they hate a midseason, I don't think. Yeah. I think it could with the run blocking stuff. Like if he and I don't know, maybe this isn't that big of a concern because I don't know much about Deguara's run blocking ability, but if like they're a team I think that's gonna want to be able to run the ball a lot. And sure. if Musgrave is not doing that for them, like if he loses eleven personnel snaps at all because they can't run the ball out of eleven, that would really, really hurt. But I don't know. I mean that's at this point, I'm only mentioning stuff like that because he is such a riser as, you know, he was an awesome late-round pick, clearly. Yeah. yeah. Let's hit on Judy and GSN quickly. Judy is a pretty dramatic faller. Uh, his injury timeline is a little scary. Some Twitter doctors are saying, you know, he could be fine week two, week three. Some are estimating more like week six. I think the official, like, reporting and team optimism has been on the more optimistic side of that timeline, which it usually is. Uh, I'm a little spooked with with Judy. I think he is right to fall this much. He wasn't a guy I was high on earlier. I think I think you just hit on it. It's that people weren't that excited to take him where he yeah. was going anyway. I didn't yeah. think he made any sense. When he remember we said the three four turn, I was like, what is happening? Yeah. It just didn't make sense to me. But like yeah. people I really respect were on him there, and so I was just like, okay, like I guess we're doing this. But then you know I'd mix him in some, but like. When a guy like that then suffers an injury, it's like hard for me to go back. Harmon, Harmon really, Harmon really shit on him from like a film perspective. Was like, this is the most aggressively mediocre route runner I've ever seen. Who people say is like the best. Yeah, right. the Harmon, yeah. uh, Harmon stuff versus open score stuff. There isn't like a player where it's more different than Jerry Judy. So to give Judy like a little bit of credit, like um, obviously love Harmon, love his stuff, but like there is some film charting-esque stuff that likes him i guess um but yeah i was skeptical no, on the player tracking because... he was wide receiver 10 i think the yeah the player he was, he's quite good, good on the player yeah. yeah quite quite good in that but 
couple couple questions. I think our listeners will probably have this um, while they're on the clock the next couple of days. Would you guys take Jerry Judy or Tyler Lockett? Lockett every time. Lockett. What about Mike Evans or Jerry Judy? John Dotson. I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm, scrolling, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling down. I'm scrolling down three more. And I'm Dotson there. Yeah, that's that's correct. Uh, okay. I'm taking Judy I, to answer the question. I take Judy. I probably Mike take Evans, Judy so. there. Yeah, but that's about the line for me. I think like pick sixty five ish for for Judy is about like. And maybe yeah. maybe that's playing too scared, but I think I like Pickens over him. I like Lockett. I like Kirk. I probably like him better than Mike Evans, Gabe Davis tier. So but. the the something that's interesting though is that as it pertains to um, best ball mania specifically, and not these time box contests, is that if Judy is back, even if he's back in week three or something like that, like you just, you've got like a really unique combo with Judy at this stage, right? Because there were 70% of the contest was drafted with him in the third round, more or less, you know, third or fourth round. So you getting, you getting him at 55 or at 60, you have like, you have a, a very, not only, not only like, it's just very unique. Those, that grouping of players is going to be harder to advance because they're just not going to exist that many combinations of it. Yeah. I uh, I have him one spot ahead of Evans in my rankings, behind Dotson, but ahead or uh, also behind Gabe Davis would be another guy. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair for him. It's just like I do get the game theory side of things, but sometimes I think we overthink these injuries and not reacting enough. Uh, the market's clearly reacting to these. Like McLaurin, Judy, JSN are all are all down. So I'm definitely giving the market some credit here, but. Well, JSN is tilted. I've never seen a guy more tilted than Sam was about JSN's <laughs> lack of a fall about three minutes after his injury was reported. Yeah, his ADP like, hadn't moved. Not respecting this. Like, <laughs> in second, dude. <laughs> and then I just did. didn't get it. Was a full, I gotta be? You know, I gotta. I gotta keep after it. The injury, and he still hadn't moved an ADP. I didn't understand. I gotta it. keep it a hundred with everyone. I am drafting the shit out of injured JSN, mostly because oh, I'm drafting. Man. Mostly because I'm drafting in these puppies where it's like, I just want to have a sick team in the final. Like if I lose $750 in the puppy three, you know, it is what it is. But, and these are mostly of what I'm drafting right now. I'm almost done on DraftKings and on BBM, though I found it very hard to say no to round eight JSN on DraftKings. The thing is, is you can now take him as your third wide receiver the way I draft, probably fourth wide receiver for, for a piss boy, maybe even a fifth wide receiver at that spot. But you can also do two, five, nine, two builds or, or three, three, five, nine, two, in which JSN's points, like, yeah, you're getting zeros for a month. Like, I'm basically counting him out until week six. But his, like, I think he, I think JSN is going to be your classic low advance rate, high win rate guy in the playoffs. Basically. Yeah. I mean, the, the chat yeah. is saying that, like, you know, he's always been a long play. JSN is what he is. Like, I, I get what the chat is saying here. Yeah, but we just but, look, we just no, spent we just spent a, two months right. drafting him in the fifth round, though. Like, it's there's no way to paint it as good. It's it's bad. Yeah, like we all have bad. a ton of JSN exposure, don't we? So, like, in some ways, I'm like, all right, I guess I'm. I don't think I'm hammer. I'm not going to hammer him now. 
Uh, I think he's yeah, fine. I was I was below eight percent on him before, okay. and now I will be okay. I will be way above. Yeah, I I am taking some because I was fading him before. I'm I'm the best ball like bro uh, stereotype that Pete had in his video where I was fading <laughs> JS on an underdog and taking him on DraftKings because the price was so different. Um, was, so I yeah. I was that I guy. at one point had fifty percent JSN on DraftKings. Yeah, <laughs> I just um, took him every time in the sixth round. <laughs> But like, okay, I'm just tilting the chat again. I've been tilting JSN all week. You can't just say like, oh, he was a playoff play. Like, it doesn't matter that he's maybe injured for the first six weeks. Like, this is your they sixth round. The price is different. Well, it matters. It matters to his develop. The thing, I mean, to go real football guy, it matters to his development yeah, curve, right? Exactly. And it's gonna matter. It's gonna matter to how the Seahawks want to deploy him as well. Like those those tilting penny heart snaps are gonna be happening in week seven not in week one now. And you're like, he, he might not start running enough routes to be like a managed league play until like week 10 that it's, it's very bad. Like, I mean, I, I really don't want to invoke this name cause I'm like all the way out on him, but they, like you could see some Jameson Williams type vibes here where it's no. like, where it's like the, the rookie year just never really gets going. Come on! Like we, we did this a little bit with Burks <laughs> last year, and like way too big a Jason back for you to start confident to Williams. Yeah, that's that's a bridge too far. But I don't think like the Burks stuff is like that different. Like obviously different situations. Burks was just like out of shape dealing with asthma last year, and there was like wide wide reporting. He's gonna like start slow. He's not starting. Different situations. I get it, and that's kind of what happened with Burks. Like by the time his season ramped up and he started to be useful, it was very late in the year. He hadn't been useful for a long stretch of the season um and then he you know gets unlucky and gets a concussion and it never really materializes but man like i don't think people are realizing the nfl season is 16 weeks and if a guy has a legitimate chance to miss six weeks like you can't just say ah he was a playoff play like well the it's the just thing, like oh, the, the thing that yeah. tilts it is that their bye week is so early that maybe even if he was ready to play in week three i think they're gonna hold him out I would, if I was a betting man, I'd say it's minus one ten. He does not appear in a Seahawks game until after their bye week, probably. Which is their bye week is what week five? Week, week five. five, yeah, yeah. So he's going to miss four weeks of the season, almost assuredly. Yeah, but, but for your lineup, for your lineup, he's probably going to miss six or seven. Yeah, but everyone misses their bye week. Well, yeah, I mean. Well, you're saying I mean, he's going to start right. start slow. It, it doesn't matter. Injury. It does. It truly doesn't matter. It's like the first. It's. I mean, it so could now. Maybe maybe matter. I'm wrong, right? So weeks. so I painted the pessimistic picture. Let me paint the optimistic one. That the beginning of the season they were going to play. I don't even D Eskridge or Freddie Swain or who I don't. I literally don't even know who the Seahawks fourth wide receiver is because it's so immaterial. But they no, were going to play that team. guy. They were going to play that guy instead of JSN anyway, right? And that was, that was their plan. Just like they're going to, for the first month of the season, they're stubbornly going to play DJ Dallas on third downs, even though Charbonnet is probably better at him than it anyway. So maybe he, he, he gets a lot of film time. You know, it's, it's, a, it's an upper body injury, not a lower body injury. So there's right. no concern about conditioning. Yeah, he's he's going to be able to run. Yeah, he's going yeah, to be able to do all that stuff. He's going to be able to be on the sideline at the games. Like maybe th- these would have been low production weeks anyway. Well, he learned and figured it out, and he actually hits the ground running. They don't do the Ola B.C. Johnson thing for him, and in week six, he comes out, first snap, 11 personnel, and he's out there. It's totally possible. 
there's nothing guaranteed about that, but I think that's more likely. I mean, everything we heard about him out of camp was like total professional. This guy's ready. He's, you know, it's just about him learning like, like fine tuning playbook stuff. Like there's no like yeah. becoming an NFL wide receiver. This guy is an NFL wide receiver. And they, and they targeted him a ton in his limited, his yeah. targets per route run and his limited preseason time was really good. Yeah. 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 So you need a discount. You need a discount. He's going to miss probably four games of the season, which is a lot. So you can't just sit there and take him in the fifth where you were taking him. But you're getting a discount. So I think I'm actually kind of talking myself back into taking some of getting some different team textures with him than I had before. Um, this this feels about right. 73. It, yeah. Feels about right. It, it feels about right. I guess I'm still just like like Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, and Quentin Johnson all go after him. And particularly with Addison, I think you have to be so confident in your ability to predict prospects to say that Jordan Addison, who went, what, two picks later in the NFL draft, who I think is in a much better situation to get routes on his team, who, you know, when you look at their prospect profiles, I get JSN's ceiling is higher that sophomore year. But there's red flags in JSN's prospect profile. It's not some like Jamar Chase like spot. I didn't even really like profile. him that much as a prospect compared to. And then I started listening to Sean, and I I just lost all objectivity. But I yeah. I I did not giga love him as a prospect. Yeah. Again, no, I I, I'm not saying he's a bad. Obviously, I'm not saying he's a bad prospect. It's just like Addison and Flowers to me, who are not don't have broken wrists and are not going to miss like probably five weeks to start the year. Like why, why should we be taking JSN over those guys again? Like, I guess I just don't, I don't get so it. Unless- Addison ahead of JSN now, but I think what the reason would be that you can poke holes in JSN's profile, but I don't think you can really poke holes in his ceiling that he was in- insanely sure. efficient as a super young player playing alongside Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, we used to put a feather in his cap that Jamison Williams had to transfer because he couldn't get <laughs> playing time over him. That might not matter. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe doesn't. Maybe that was because he's well. Maybe I think actually, just while we're here on Jamison Williams, who is a huge baller, I actually don't think the issue with Jamison Williams seems to be his ability to play football. But all the reporting just kind of makes him sound like a jerk. It just it seems like yeah. it's maybe a personality thing that he just is not yeah. super driven, not a super team sport oriented guy and that feels like maybe a bigger deal than his ability to play football yeah, yeah we, we okay. talked about how we need analytics for for the personalities we'll be working on that um yeah but but the thing with jsn why i wouldn't be taking him personally over flowers is like is the ceiling of what this profile you know could be like that jsn i think does have the prospect profile of someone who could absolutely smash as a rookie and how likely is that to happen far less likely than jamar chase was likely to turn into jamar chase because there's a lot more like you got to do more squinting yeah for it to, to come to fruition but he like the yards per route run you know being able to to be competitive in terms of the the dominator rating the market share yards uh as what a true sophomore with those older guys there with him is really encouraging for when you look at ceiling type of outcomes. So um, I do think like compared to Zay Flowers, his, his potential ceiling is quite a bit higher. Yeah. I mean, that that's fair. I just feel like it's like the NFL season is so short. 
you're lopping yeah. off a third of the games. Yeah. And like JSN totally. might be way better than Zay Flowers, but like now we're talking about just like a 10 game stretch where they're both healthy. Like that's such a small sample. Like I kind of just, yeah. and I can squint and see an upside case with Zay Flowers can dust Rashad Bateman and Odell and be the Ravens clear number one wide receiver. Like I think that's firmly in the range of outcomes. I think even then he's the number two behind Andrews, you know, and also I think that's pretty unlikely. That's yeah. that's sort of the issue with yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Like if I was playing Dynasty, I would take JSN over those guys for sure. But like, I just think it's a little bit of Dynasty brain. That said, he probably does fall behind those guys. With I only it's Dynasty brain for me to be honest. I think it's Week 17 brain. It's who's going to absolutely crush for me. Like, does is that changed? Is the is there any downside with this wrist injury for his playoffs? Like, no. Like he's not. It's not lower body. Like. It's a, you know, he'll be totally healthy by then. So it's more just like who's got the highest ceiling for the final weeks of the season. To me, it's still clearly JSN over um, Flowers and Quentin Johnston, by the way, who we should probably touch on, like, doesn't – I mean, people were psyched about his his highlights and stuff from the preseason, but he was – it's not clear he's ahead of Palmer right now, which, again, isn't, like, a huge concern. But but when you start to think about, like, JSN going in the – the Quentin Johnston range, like Quentin Johnston might have a pretty slow start to the season, you yeah. know? Yeah. I think that, like I think behind. that's going to happen that Josh Palmer's going to play over him in week one. I feel pretty strong about that, which no reason to panic, but you know, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, sounds like we disagree a little bit on Jason, but again, like, I don't think we're actually that far off. If we were like ranking them, it's probably just like, I have a couple players over Jason. Then it sounds like Pat, you have Addison just ahead. I have Addison ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's probably like, I would maybe put flowers ahead. I don't even think I put Johnson ahead because I think he has playing time risks too. It's just, um, so I think we disagree on the margins, but I think this is largely an appropriate, uh, market reaction to JSN's injury. I'm like two uh, picks think, behind ADP right now, or like a pick and a half behind ADP. Yeah, so. I think you can nitpick in that range, yeah. but I think this is if you want to get some exposure here. Like, I'm I'm not saying this is a terrible idea to buy the dip here. Just to be clear, like I'm just probably nitpicking a couple players that go behind him. Um, okay, should we do a, do a draft? Unless there's anything, um, I just think I think the Kyler Murray randomly falling here at the end is just really funny. That like that like now like yeah we just have decided in the last two weeks of drafting that we don't want the guy who might not play at all this year like it's I don't know it's just kind of funny I think it's the Josh is it the Josh Dobbs trade that spooked people it, or... it could be yeah I mean it really I I actually think what it is it's that the market was pricing in a little bit of oh shit Kyler is back on the practice field ten days before the season and then it just never came. Although to be fair, he could be practicing with the Cardinals, and we would have no idea because they have the worst beat writers in the Why game. Why don't they have beat writers? Like, hey, athletic, like picks someone to cover the Cardinals. Why is that not happening? They're an NFL franchise. Why don't we have beat writers for them? I, no, the only no. Beat are they for the Cardinals? Uh, yeah. All right, let's hop in a draft here. Uh, we did have this virtual very quickly show. We can maybe touch on this during the draft. I think there's some RB2 stuff we can talk about, but we'll probably hit on it. I, I think I think clock. Justice Hill is the Ravens running back too, just while we're just while we're here. While we're, I have so much Gus Edwards from early, and I, I was like, well, <laughs> what's wrong about that? <laughs> I don't think Pat, so. are you manning the ones in twos here? Yeah, I'll, I'll get this going. Okay. Got it. Um yeah, the Edwards I've completely is, stopped. Is Pat taking. gonna be able to share his screen with us in his in his hotel room? I believe so. Okay. I don't want to. 
I don't want to, you know, I don't want to tax. I don't want to tax your, your, are you, are you in a uh, hotel in San Diego right now? No, I'm in, um, hang on. I'm trying to, he's in undisclosed location. Wait and reopen. Uh, All right. I gotta, I'll be back. All right. We can talk, uh, some of these things quickly. Um, the one that I think is really under the radar is Matt Breda on the giants. Like, we're just bored of him, right? But he's clearly yeah, yeah. the running back too. Like, why is he never that's get drafted? One, so that's one where I think the market actually has this right. We're like, sure, Matt Breida will play like his little snaps per game or whatever. But Gray is the one who has the chance to actually grow into a role that impacts Saquon's touches in the year because he actually might have some juice. Like he mm-hmm. he might be like, okay, not that I am a, a Eric Gray truther. Um, but that, I think the market has that one, right? I think the market has most of these, right? Although Ty Chandler should be going. So we're, we're on the, we're about to be on the clock. We have the one Oh three. The sharing is being a pain, but who do you (laughs) got? It's like at one Oh three. Christian Christian McCaffrey. CMC. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't start divorcing my round one picks from ADP until after Kelsey goes. There we go. Yeah, you can talk me into you can talk me into Cup here if like you guys both really wanted to, but I've, yeah, I've I been like, McCaffrey I like three. Uh, yeah, recently. I've been McCaffrey three too. Man, we're just I think there's part of us that's just like you could totally make the case for McCaffrey at one. Like I'm not saying that's what I would do, but there's a little bit of us that's just like bored of McCaffrey when yeah. it's still the yeah. same ceiling outcome. Like maybe even higher in this offense than it was in Carolina, and we're just kind of like, yeah, we'll take him at three. Like, let's not even think about it. Well, that's what when I did the legendary scenarios, I was like, we will need to have like a debrief on why Christian McCaffrey, who I believe would it this was would be it like was a good line. legendary was, season. Yeah. yeah, it was a good it was a good line. You had uh, we'll we'll spend we'll spend about eighteen minutes debating on why McCaffrey didn't go first overall before we start arguing about is Caleb Williams better than Patrick Mahomes? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true. This, that's such a good, this is such a good one. Caleb Williams is going to be the highest drafted rookie fantasy quarterback of all time. I, my guess right now on Monday, August 28th, 2023 is that when we're doing the show next year, Caleb Williams is a fourth round pick. That is my, that is my guess. Yeah. Wow. A fourth round pick in best ball. Wow. People, people oh, love this guy. People lo- and and he is really that good. I, but the thing about him though is Caleb Williams is is a actual like not like a not like a CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence scrambler. He is a running quarterback who is also the greatest passing quarterback in college football. Like it's a it and he's huge. He is he's it's like 6'2", 225 pounds. Like he's a giant guy too. I just went before you said that from, I guess I just want to have Kenny Caleb Williams to being like, I'm drafting Caleb Williams in the fourth round next year. <laughs> sounds You got to enter those tournaments in, uh, in February before he steams up that high. You got to take, he, he had, he had, he had 500 rushing yards and six rushing touchdowns as an 18 year old true freshman. Like he's, he, he's nuts, dude. He's, he's going to win the Heisman twice. He's going to, he's going to win the Heisman twice. Wow. All right. So how much better is he than Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> it's hard to say. <laughs> Should the Chiefs trade Patrick Mahomes? So Should the Chiefs trade Williams. Patrick Mahomes for the, 
Well, the more interesting thing is you get is... that rookie contract too, too. So I mean, maybe it maybe it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we are we're gonna be stuck in hell here. We are we're we're gonna get this yeah, this impossible two three turn pick that you just can't because like once a lot. Well, I'm gonna want to take Derrick Henry, and you guys are both gonna say no on that. Uh, no chance. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. <laughs> I've got enough to be able, used to be able to get uh, back in my day. Used to be able to get Tony Pollard at the two ten every once in a while. Ooh, man, that was that was those were the days. Those were the days. You could get yeah. Chubb, Pollard, Derrick Henry all in like the early yeah. third. We are point. we are we are officially in hell. I, I get we could take we could take Devonta Smith and and I take Devonta get, Smith in the spot. Yeah, yeah, I want to take Devonta Smith and see if we can get Hurts to come around. Yeah, right. That's that's the way to play yeah. it. That's yeah. that's yeah. the way to play it. Correct. Um, and then I, I actually have this. I do this a lot. Like I have a lot of these teams that are Christian McCaffrey, Devontae Smith. It's probably one of my highest combos. Yeah. And um, then you get sniped on Hertz one pick before every time. You get sniped on Hertz. It, it was a good process. <laughs> it was a good process. It was definitely a good process. Uh, but there's a couple other guys that I, I don't mind taking once we get sniped I mean, on Hertz. Yeah. Jacobs. If Here's- we're saying Jacobs is going to rise, it's not a terrible time to get your last chance at contemplate josh jacobs if if hurts goes week week 17 who projects for more points lamar jackson and mark andrews or devonta smith and jalen hurts who projects straight up for more points yeah Ooh. all right there we go we got we got hurts um yeah we got hurts hurts is the way to yes. go here right yeah yeah i think i think it's a good question davis but i think hurts devonta projects for more but i i, I, I bet i bet i bet it's not if lamar is healthy in week 17 i bet i bet you just add you go to establish the run.com you add the you add the two columns up i bet lamar andrews projects for more half point ppr points than devonta and jalen hurts yeah well i'm happy with that because i've i have so much lamar i have so much andrews sadly i don't have them together that much but i have a ton of them both individually you have to you have to do it at the two three turn now yeah, if you want you it have. You, you have, have to, to, yeah. By the way, I was on a stream with Liam, and he was talking about like this unique combo. You know, you're reaching for Andrews on Lamar. I was like, dude, it's not unique. Like everybody's doing that. And he goes, no, dude, at the one-two turn. <laughs> <laughs> that is unique. <laughs> See, the same thing happened to me, David. So I was like, right, right, right. what? <laughs> Liam, Liam is Liam is the best, dude. He is, he like Liam is the most vibes based drafter of all time, but he like, he's like a savant in some way, you know, because like he, like he, he, what, like, I think it would be very easy for someone who's trying to nag Liam to be like, oh, he just, you know, he just shipped like whatever. Anyone can ship it once, but he literally won the five, five, five on DK the next year. Like that is, that's like, it's very impressive. And the 2K as well. Yeah. Like it's not. It's, yeah, that's, I, that's I not think... a real tournament. There's like twelve people in that one, so we can throw that out. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, so it's two K. You're risking. I'm just no, trying to dude, process. I'm just, I'm just trying to process all the points you're giving up doing Lamar Andrews at the one-two turn. It's like you, like you are losing. Just different combo. Massive... Just a different combo. Just you're losing. Combo. But the thing is, is you have to say like there's no difference between like Amari Cooper and AJ Brown if you're making that argument. That's what you have to it's, say. But but it's like you're you're three four turn. You're just like shit. I have to hope that Ramondre Stevenson outscores Tony Pollard, and I gotta hope 
that Debo Samuel outscores AJ Brown. It's it's like yeah, a, you're losing bad. so many points. Yeah. I actually like the argument. I heard a stream with Hayden and Liam, and they were talking about it in Eliminator. Like, if you just wanted to auto draft Eliminator and take like Lamar Andrews at the one two turn every time, I think in like a, oh, wait, sorry, not Eliminator, Weekly Winners. Weekly um, Winners. Yeah, Weekly Winners. I think that, because in any, in any given week, I think those three, four players could outscore those one two turn. And if you just want to say, I want Andrews and Lamar every single time and, you know, see what happens after that. I think it makes sense of weekly winners, kind of. But I mean, there will be in... there will be one week of the seventeen weeks where they are, those are the two highest scoring players, period, in fantasy, where no other player scores more points than them. So if that's your if that's your baseline, it's just a matter yeah. of you know, do you get the right combo in your other, you know, your other sixteen roster spots? All right, so we're on the clock. Yet another, yet another oh, just disgusting spot here. No, Drake I London here is beautiful. I don't I even like, like Drake London. London. It's oh, fine. I love Drake London. It's better than I mean, I, I like when he falls here. I um, have the same concerns about Drake London that I have for Kyle Pitts, but Drake London has to put up wide receiver points and Kyle Pitts just has to put up tight end points and, and you're getting Pitts forty spots cheaper. But here's what I don't have concerns about that he's not gonna have an elite route rate. Yeah. He's gonna be out there saying. every single snap. Yeah. And that yeah. Pitts okay, for whatever fair. reason is getting rotated out, which is gonna hurt. Because when the pie is that and small, it's, not, it's, not, like, it's not for whatever reason. It's that he's got a little knee injury right now. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he was wearing a brace all offseason, and someone made the point that, like, you don't wear knee braces for fun, guys. Like, Ugh. it's all right. So this is. Oh, this, I wanted to. I wanted to. It's, it's, it's Deontay. Deontay. It's Deontay right? Johnson. Yeah. 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 Probably Deontay here. If we could, should we talk Kirk? Is there any. Is Deontay over Kirk? I I, I mix them. It's it's interchangeable to me. But we already have our we already have our quarterback, okay. so we don't have to sweat yeah. setting up Trevor. Do Lawrence. we care about um, week week uh, six? No wait, no, I lied. That's not a correlation. Forget what I said. And this sets us up. This sets us up to take the falling JSN as well. It does. So there you go, Sam. Get excited. Oh man. Oh, this also, by pick. the way, sets us up. This sets us up for uh, for round fifteen. Michael Wilson. We, we can set we can set the max on Michael Wilson in in WrestleMania. My thing with JSN, I think, is like I saw the worst JSN takes on my timeline, and now I'm just arguing against the straw man. And that's my what, isn't head. that what you do though? Isn't that what? That's like my like, whole brand. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> like I'm not even sure like what you saw. Like what did Sam see? I would you need to like quote like no more subtweets. <laughs> like tell us who you're mad at <laughs> because I'm like what is Sam even tilting right now? Yeah, I don't I don't know. It was hard. It was hard to figure out the source of what I was tilting, but there were some takes like that were just like ah, oh, the injury doesn't matter. He's a playoff play anyways. It's like yeah, yeah, the guy who broke his wrist and is missing six games. Like it doesn't matter at all. Um, Four but... games, Sam. Come on. Doesn't matter, dude. Just you gotta exaggerate. You gotta exaggerate a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) When you argue against, when you argue against a straw man, you gotta. um... You also have to become a straw man yourself. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You have to become a straw man. It's only fair if you argue back with a straw man argument. Do you guys kind of feel like there's just no, like, when you guys were drafting in June, I felt like I was getting, like, these awesome picks. Like, oh, this is three rounds of value. Whether it materialized or not, like, in my head, I was talking myself into, like, this is a smash. Yeah, there's no no value picks right now. Yeah. 
I'm just like, all right. And and I I just straight valued. up will not click like half the guys. So like I already know who I'm gonna take when I'm on the clock. Like I just they're just you know I'm I'm not clicking literally half the player pool that gets drafted it's just they're just they just like alexander madison literally might as well not exist for me i i like i might be so trained that i could be like on the clock in round 10 and i just am so like never clicking alexander madison that i might just pass right over him because i'm like i don't take that guy i take i take madison do you i never take him i mean i would take him around 10 obviously but yeah sure i have no interest in it's just i i like kenneth walker Dobbins and Swift more than him, so it's just yeah. yeah. Dobbins over Madison is like an easy one for me. Because here's the thing: even, like, I'm not a Dobbins bull either, really. I am at the the sixth round. Pierce, Pierce over Madison, no, no yeah, question. Pierce over Madison for sure. Like I, I feel pretty confident Madison is not good, and that's just that's a problem. It's more, it's more that I just don't feel confident that he is good. And if you don't feel confident that he is good, the, the projectable volume bet is very fragile. Like he's, yeah. he's Luke Musgrave, but at running back is just like, sure, he's the guy. So we're giving him the ball, but like, right, right. right. But and, I would think and, that like, just pushing back on the projection a tiny bit, like the people who do projections like ETR, I think their pushback there would be like they're probably docking the shit out of Madison's sure ceiling odds yeah, and like sure doing a shit they're probably factoring that all in and they still have him ranked at like pick 60 or something so it's like a little jacobsy to me where i don't think he's very good but like the vikings are playing ty chandler like deep into preseason games like i don't think the vikings think these other guys are any good at all so i don't know i see how you lose but the price seems fine uh, we should think talk about it. We're gonna. Pick he's you, he's a he, he's he to me seems like a real silent killer type season guy. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Just take a receiver is honestly. Javante, because we like all the wide receivers on the clock. Oh, so get take, some on here. Well, we should take Javante because we like all the next five wide receivers. What about Arizona Week Seventeen? Any yeah, Marquise We take Brown. Michael Wilson. We take Michael okay. Wilson. Or I, I mean, or Hollywood. But, We're fine with. It. We're fine with any all of them, these so wider- grab Javante. Yes. All what about – wait, we don't want Goddard. We don't want Goddard with um, – are we going to take a tight end in the next pick? Well, I don't like Dallas Goddard that much. Okay. I'm fi- I mean, I'm fine with Javante. I think we need, a, we need the receiver structurally. Yeah. If, I mean, I know. I would have wanted to go wide receiver tight end, I think. But yeah, was, we could have done I that too. Yeah. Also, yeah. Goddard, Goddard sometimes randomly falls, too, because people don't really like to click him that much naked. So when you're the Hurts team, you kind of drive him. Not that I think we'll get him at the 810, but it's like, I don't know, 3% possible. So I guess we're stuck with Pittman. We could we could take Quentin Johnson. He correlates with Javante. I think we're overthinking Pittman a little bit if we're taking the Chargers maybe number I, I like I like Pittman I I felt yeah. very invigorated by what I saw from the Colts in preseason week three there were there were some naysayers but I was like it checked all the boxes for me mm-hmm. yeah I'm I think Pittman in the seventh is fine yeah I'm good with that got, got a lot of got a lot of round five Pittman mixed in that uh so I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that round seven Pittman is a league winner because I need round five Pittman to be fine the Marquise Brown Dallas Goddard 2v2 seems pretty fun. I kind of wish we did that. Yeah. I like Goddard. I like Goddard a lot. Um, just because, I don't know. I guess we already took Devonta, so some of the ceiling case is gone with him. But 
in a season where AJ Brown and Devonta were healthy the whole year, Goddard paced for like a thousand yards. That was also again with the Eagles like basically not playing football in the fourth quarter last year on offense. Like they were just handing it off to Boston Scott um, in the fourth quarter and didn't have to throw imagine. The ball. Imagine a world where Jalen Hurts throws the ball 600 times and and, yeah. the, and and the target shares are the same that they were last year. And like these guys can go so nuclear. Yeah, that's what and I think for AJ Brown and Smith. It's like pr- like the ceiling is priced in. But I don't know, like Pitts. That's the thing where I don't have much Pitts this year. And I can see where I'm wrong just on his talent being much better than Goddard's. But like the floor and ceiling feels quite good for me, like with Goddard, like his weekly ceiling, even in a season where. His target share is not that good. The pass volume is not that good. Like he's still on the Eagles' offense tied to Jalen Hurts, whereas Pitts, like, man, the floor, some of the floor stuff with him gets gets kind of scary for me. So, well, the yeah, chat but roasting it's like... us for uh, for taking Javante when we talked about JSN's wrist and Javante's coming off a major <laughs> knee injury. He Sue played Ann in the preseason. He played in the no, dude. Javante, if Javante never suffered this injury, where is he going? And it's him and P. Ryan, a two-man backfield. Where is he going? I I still feel like Javante has negative he's inertia. Going keep right behind keeping him down. Yes, yeah, and he's he's way ahead of schedule, which is not to say that he's a hundred percent because I don't think he is, but he's way ahead of where we expected him to be. Yeah, yeah. So strategy wise, I'm I'm just gonna float this out. I've been tie breaking towards like not picking running backs as much now because in the last couple rounds of these i want kyron williams i want chris evans yeah i, I need to Deontay do that more from i want to be yeah. like three of those guys that aren't getting drafted at the yeah. end so yeah that's what i'm thinking See, I, so i've been doing, doing i've been doing to, the opposite to unlock that i've been i've been taking more um more zero rb more elite quarterback a little bit more elite tight end like i I've been pretty heavy on like more running backs earlier than you guys early in the offseason, but I've been kind of like anchor running back, like zero mm-hmm. running back now to try to take advantage of some of these RB2s just for the leverage stuff. Um, I like so that. that's what I'm trying to do with my last like 20 bullets in BBM is like a ton of hero RB with like Paul. See, I've, and- I've literally been doing the opposite and just ending every draft with Tutu and Deontay Hardy. I mean, you can do it with wide receiver too. too. I like, yeah, I like both those guys. Yeah. <clears throat> This is going to be an interesting spot. Well, I have a – the eighth round has become like for a player for me. So, we'll see. Oh, it, the eighth round – I take Bateman in the eighth round like almost I was going to say, Bateman, I, Bateman Herbert, and gone. Richardson. Oh, uh, Traylon. Traylon I like. Richardson I like. I like Richardson and then just being done, like obviously, at quarterback. I, like I would take – should we take Traylon just because the wide receivers get so gross after him? Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. take let's take, yeah, let's take Traylon. Let's take Traylon. We can get a wide receiver, or we can get a running back or quarterback. I think we like, and we can uh, we can eat we can eat two weeks of zeros or whatever while he gets back from this knee. Too. Herbert yeah. was the guy I was also eyeing Her- there. Herbert would have been good there. Was but, anyone but else that really good fifth receiver? Is nice. Was anyone else shocked that Brian Robinson was a top five Sean Siegel zero RB list guy? I was that, that was shocked, I, every yeah. every name made sense to me, uh, but I was I was like no chances he have Brian Robinson in here. I would actually take Anthony Richardson here, and then we yeah, can take Alex Pierce and just be done. Yep, I mean we already yeah. have Pittman too. We don't even need Pierce. Pierce. Oh, we, we want, but yes, oh, I forgot we had Pittman. Yeah, yeah let's get Richardson. Pittman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, our quarterback room just ran for 2,000 yards. It feels beautiful. (laughs) I love, god damn, taking Anthony Richardson in the ninth round feels so good. There's a couple spots that still feel weird to me, like Anthony Richardson just readily available in the ninth, Bateman readily available in the eighth. Um, Where did Dobbins go in this draft? Early. Yeah. Yeah, Mid-six. Yeah. Dobbins, I I do not understand. Maybe I'm just like used to kind of where guys used to go, but like I he if you he told me catch, Dobbins he doesn't, catch, he doesn't catch any passes. Yeah, but it's a you know, it is half PPR. Uh if you told me Dobbins No, was you can't okay, hold on. I'm calling foul. We <laughs> Crane, you and I are both terrible at this. Like I would say of all analysts, we are amongst the three worst offenders of this, where a guy we don't like. We penalize yeah. the shit out of him for whatever it is. But a guy we do like, we yada, yada, yada it. Like, so, yeah, like yeah. J.K. Dobbins doesn't catch passes. It's fine. It's fine. It's 0.5 PPR, you know? like we. Well, but it's I'm also the sixth round. Fine, sure. fine. But I Can would it? go, yeah. if you told me that J.K. Dobbins was on the 4-5 turn, I wouldn't be surprised. Sure. If, sure. And, and, and then guess what? He doesn't catch passes, dude. You can't take him there. You so you're right. I would flip. I'd flip on him hard. But I do think, like, I kind of want to, I mean, you know, I'm just defending my yada, yada, yada-ness. But, like, I do want to raise the red flags when the price is high and talk about the upside when the price is low to some extent. You know, we can all ever do it. Yeah, micro take on the Ravens. Like, I don't think the difference between Greg Roman and Todd Munkin can be, like, overstated enough. Like, I think this offense is going to be so different. Obviously, Lamar, I still expect to scramble, and that will hurt Dobbins. But... This offense was using running backs like so much differently than any other offense in the NFL with Greg Roman, like super heavy personnel. You know, Patrick Ricard is playing a ton of snaps, tons of two tight end stuff. Like, you know, I I definitely can't say like Dobbins is guaranteed to catch more passes, but it's going to be a completely different offense. I think he'll run. I don't. I I think he'll run more routes. I think. I think you could say he don't. It doesn't. You like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink like Lamar. I think structurally just doesn't like to check down that much, but I, yeah. I bet he will run more routes. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying if like we're hyping up, you know, James Cook's pass catching, obviously Dobbins different prospect, different player than James Cook. But like, I think Dobbins has a little more pass catching ceiling than he, than he did the rest of his career. I'm not saying it's going to be something crazy high, but there is one very clear, pick for our team here and i'm just i'm really i think he's gonna get sniped i think he's gonna go before we get there but there's one guy who we gotta take all right i I have a guy in mind i'm hoping it's the same guy it's Um, not it's not going to be but there's just like for a structural stuff there's one guy who fits our team like a glove nice and it's Uh, not juju it's not juju smith it's not juju smith schuster so that was sam's guy that was my guy. <laughs> <laughs> Thiel, wait, you guys see Thielen's, Thielen's preseason highlights? We don't want to take him on the fence. Yeah, he got, he got tackled. He got tackled. Man. Yeah. Oh, okay. Friarmouth was the guy who structurally, we, we had the game uh, stack set up. We needed a tight end. Jalen Warren Joe, was the guy that I was I don't get why isn't Joku falling like so much? Like I've been scooping him around pick 120. Like I guess it's not the most exciting like it's, taking it's the mid-range we're just tight bored. end. But it's, it's because we're just bored. We're, he's we're, got, we're, talk about guys with locked in route rates like. David and Joe so, is Yeah, I mean the next running Njoku... back for me would be like McKinnon. So Yeah. Cuz we can't take P Ryan. Do you want to just want to just scoop the value here? 
Yeah. I want to scoop the Njoku. Yeah. Value, yeah. value hounding, baby. Ooh. We talked about how there's no values, but here we go. You let us get a value. Room. There's just, there's not been a single story about him. There's not been, like, he just has not been part of the conversation at all. Yeah. He's got some athletic hype. Like, the beat writers for the Browns have really been hyping him up, but it doesn't seem to have made its way to, like, the Twitter. Uh, Didn't he run, like, know, every single industrial. route with yeah, he's, he's, the his game? role is, like, going to be one of the best tight end roles in the NFL. I'm pretty confident of that. Like, yeah, whether he can. Good. Yeah, earn targets at like at a high level. I'm not sure, but pick 120. I mean, it seems seems pretty good. So, do we want to push running back? Because I don't like any of these. Guys. I'll just pull up the zero running back list, and uh, there there's there's two guys on it who are available. Um, but can we? Push I would want to push Marvin Mims here. Is honestly who I would push. It's fine. Yeah. We already got Javante. Yeah. I mean, I would think, I think Myers and Zay Jones are definitely like. Myers also correlates as a bring. We don't, back, so we, could do that we don't, I, Myers is fine, but do we need, we do, we do we need a stop? We can go, we can go for more upside, I guess, with yeah. them. Yeah. Like Myers, Myers is my preferred guy in that round where I have, like maybe, maybe I took McLaurin or maybe I took JSN. You know, and I just need a guy who's going to be like nine and a half half point yeah. PPR or, yeah. or whatever. Like I'll take Myers there, but when he's your sixth guy and you don't have any injured guys or any suspended yeah. guys, I think it's Mims. So I like in this build, maybe like we're trending towards two six seven three here. Like six running backs on the Caffrey I feels agree. like a lot, but if we take them all super late, I think it actually and makes and sense, right? our first two running backs have the same bye week as well. Yeah, so. Like and hopefully I we can get like a, a Mingo or someone here that we like feel good about as our seventh wide receiver and then just crank out running backs and tight ends. Maybe we'll see. Um, we should have taken Kincaid way more fun to take Kincaid. No, no, come on. We can't let Liam win. Listen, Liam's going to win. Liam's going to win. It's going to be Kincaid is going to score two touchdowns like in the right week. And somehow he's going to advance some team with Kincaid on. He's going to get to victory lap. And then Dawson Knox on that same team will score a touchdown in week 16. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then neither. Well, and then he'll wash out in the final. I'm sorry. You're, you're going to make the finals with that team, Liam. But then it's going to wash out because you have two terrible tight ends. Because, because, Deontay, because Deontay Hardy got seven targets out of the slot yeah, in week 17 against the Patriots. Deontay Hardy's the guy you need in the- and that's how we get Davis. Davis, that's how you if, win. Buddy. If Deontay Hardy is the guy you need, I've got to be the most well-positioned analyst of anyone. Like, like I'm not saying there's no one who's drafted more Hardy than me, but I got to be close to the number one. In fact, to the point that when when I people know it's me in the draft, Hardy sometimes <laughs> goes in the 17th <laughs> round because I just take him every time. I need to start taking him more. I've, I I've have taken fun. some. But. Yeah, I have five percent, which feels pretty good for a guy who's been undrafted yeah, all year. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I was three hundred and three percent Shakir. I was never. I got Shakir. a lot of Deontay Hardy. I took Shakir for a minute, and Shakir is Shakir is dead. The the that's Bills dead. beat writers are saying he, he might be a healthy scratch because he doesn't play special teams. Yeah, Taekwon Shakir. That's. Uh, that's <laughs> Hey, I, I was really in trying to get you guys off Taekwon, and you you, you kept drafting him for a couple more weeks. Um, I yeah. sometimes take him. I sometimes take him in round twenty on drafters now, just because uh, it's like, what else am I doing with my life? I can't take Sean Tucker. He's not on this site. 
Yeah. I mean, honestly, my, this isn't uh, even my like... My Parker exposure makes me a little sad because it is... It's just that high. <laughs> it's it really... <laughs> like, there's, there's no way this works. There's no way this works. <laughs> but, yeah. I have 30, 30% Devontae Parker, my highest owned player. It's disgusting. I don't really want that to talk is, about it. That is truly disgusting. I have 17% Parker. So you have, have twice as much Parker as me, and I feel gross about my Parker. <laughs> I mean, the I choice all offseason was like, do you want Devontae Parker or Khalil Shakir? And I'm sorry, but there was a correct answer to that question, and I answered the test right. Um, it's not going to work in the end. He's obviously going to get injured, but uh, it was a good process. Yeah, obviously it's – the correct answer was some random running back that we that we've yet to identify. Yeah, fuck Mingo. Mingo goes. That's a bummer. And Reed goes. I mean, when I, I get back into a corner private. here, we're not back into take... a corner at all. No, no. I'm There's just saying, really strong picks. Uh, yeah, Algier Gainwell, Gainwell, Gainwell. I like Algier first. Gainwell first. Oh, we have Hurts. All right, fine. With Hurts. Yeah, Gainwell's a no-brainer, right? With Hurts? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. It didn't yeah. click for me that we had Hurts, but once you mentioned that, it's like, oh, yeah, we got to take him. Yeah, that, that's probably good on this screen. build, too, because if Javante starts slow, we probably just need some, like, gross, like, eight-point Kenny Gainwell what weeks. If, what if times. Gainwell isn't gross? And what if, what, if the, what if the Eagles beat writers weren't lying and Gainwell actually does have, like, this, like, really gnarly role in the offense? Everyone, everyone now waves it and just says, like, all three guys are playing, Swift plays, Penny gets his work. But, like, if you were – if you had to bet – on one Eagles back to lead the team in touches the first month of the season, I think you would bet Gainwell. If you let me change that bet to snaps, then I would be very happy to take Gainwell. It's yeah. just the touches part. That yeah, I, like, you know I'm, what? Fair point. Fair point. I actually think I actually think you're right. Like he's going to get a lot of low value touches. I I think yeah. Roshan. I think Roshan. I think Roshan too. What if I told you that Roshan? went from being a guy we thought might not be active until week four to the passing down back for the Chicago bears and straight yeah, that, up week one. That passing down back for the Chicago bears is a role that you definitely want to change. You really time. want it. <laughs> <laughs> you got to lock, you got to lock that up in the, in the 13th round. You got to lock, sure. you got to lock Justin Fields. Passing hey, Sam, down. There's exactly one fantasy football analyst who has touted Travis Homer this offseason, and I'm looking at him. <laughs> hey, man, when Donta Foreman gets cut because of Travis Homer's uh, punt gunner role, I'm going to victory lap that no, take. I'll, thing, I'll find a way Dante to victory Foreman, lap that take. Donta Foreman is getting cut because Roshan proved that he's good enough to play right away instead of having to be a healthy scratch. I'm capitulating on Roshan. I'm not capitulating on my Travis Homer matters take. I'm I'm finding a way to well. We, I mean, Homer we are literally... life is going to make you capitulate hard on that one. I'm I'm telling you, <laughs> we are we are going to find out. Foreman gets. I was just I was raising the red flags for one of these guys is either going to get cut or be inactive on game days. Yeah, that's I think part that's of the play. True. That's part of why. Oh oh I, oh! I, I like Roshan. I'm drafting Roshan now, but yeah, guess what? Did he did he rise? Awesome. Did he rise in price like? After this news that he's playing, no, you can still Listen, get him. In the I know same we're exact I know we're CLV guys, but like getting the getting the points is, is the most important thing. And I think having having some Roshan bags from earlier in the offseason is even if the price doesn't rise, it's still going to be good. 
Yeah, but I just think there's a you chase ambiguous backfield. I get that, but like sometimes you gotta like, in my opinion, like go to the next level and like this Bears backfield is gonna be the one of the lowest expected points backfields in the NFL. Like I am very confident in that with Justin Fields at quarterback, not passing to running backs, stealing a ton of goal line stuff. Like it could just be a three-headed monster that like sucks for fantasy which is why the prices are so low. So it's like, I don't know. I'm fine. I was fine waiting out the uncertainty and I'll take my Roshan now and I'll get to 7% and I'm fine with that. But yeah, like, I, I didn't hear you make, I didn't hear you mention Travis Homer there when you were, when you, <laughs> it seems like, <laughs> Hey man, he's going to make the roster. He's going to make the roster and Dante Foreman's probably getting cut. So that's all I'll say. Yeah. Damn. Our tight ends are getting savage right now. Yeah. You hate to see it. This is going to be a Hunter Henry ahead of ADP team. Um, well, there's there's a couple guys left. I mean, the <laughs> one I, one guy in particular, Gerald. I take Gerald Everett. It's yes, it's I would I not fun, but I agree. Yeah, we could also take Alec Denver, right? and probably be done at receiver, but that would be a nice second stack piece. I would rather take Josh Downs in the 18th when we already have Pittman. Should we grab Everett then? Yeah. I think we go we go Everett. Downs, Downs. Did you guys catch this? The Downs <clears throat> Another guy I would played? say is is Spears real quick because he's. I mean, Spears is kind of a smash, and he's a, a zero yeah, running back guy. Sure, sure. Click Spears first. Yeah, I mean this this guy in front of us has zero tight ends. Is all I'll say. Oh, you're no, actually, Sam's right. Sam's right. Everett first. This guy is four running. I think backs. we we, t- got, we need Everett more. It sucks, but we need Everett more. I think we do. Because tight end actually, like, used to be able to get, like, smash tight ends in the 18th. Like, now it's, like, a little dicey. I do like Spear. I definitely like Spear. Well, they both have the same buy, so we are taking a third tight end. Yeah. But there goes oh, I, I was planning. I was planning that anyways. I think if you get Njoku at No, I think, we, I think we need it anyway, too. Yeah. Losing um, Spears hurts. Yeah, would have been fun. But, but again, but I do, I do want to take some of these like undrafted guys. Like Spears has been getting drafted sure. all year. I do want to take some of these like Kyron Williams like types. Should we just grab Pierce here? Yeah, I think we'd be done at wide receiver and take Pierce. What do you guys think? I like Jeff Wilson. Th- thoughts on thoughts on Jeff Wilson? I guess we have the specter of the Jonathan Taylor <sighs> yeah, trade dude. hanging over us. Yeah, that's part of it for me. Plus, it's like uh, a correlated like, guy. I like Downs. I like downs better, but it's fine. Like, Pierce is it's fine. a round pass ADP, and yeah, it's a tough one. But I think we just take Pierce for the correlation. Because now, yeah. like, I re- I really do think like if you're drafting now, like, what's the difference really between Devin Singletary and Kyron Williams? I think actually Kyron Williams is like projects better on a weekly He's basis. Better. Probably Kyron's a better pick than Singletary. Yeah, not saying we were going to take Singletary, we would have taken Wilson, but like. I do really like getting some of these guys that have not been getting drafted all year um, at this point. Keontae Ingram. Yeah. 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 Josh Keontae Kelly. Is a good one. Kelly's great. Um, let me pull up. I made a little cheat sheet. Some other guys we can talk through. While you left, Pat, we were talking about Breda. Like, Davis wasn't into him. But he's a guy who's, like, so clearly, like, the RB2 for the Giants, in my opinion. And, like, he's literally going to get drafted in, like, 0% of these. Yeah, that makes him a good pick. Right? Like, 
I don't know. It's hard to talk yourself in. Like, he's not going to have a role. I'm not, like, ignorant to that. Like, he's not going to have a role, but he's played all the snaps of the starters in the preseason. And, like, behind, like, Deshaun Corbin, I think, actually played ahead of Eric Gray this preseason game. So it's like. Eric Gray was also, like, not a very good prospect. Yeah. It's kind of like a middling receiver type dude. Like, there's nothing, there's no real reason to be super excited about him. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing about Brita, right, is that you do have to think through it from the best ball mania perspective of you trying to one in 16, trying to get through one team out of 16 teams uh, in both weeks, 15 and 16. So the odds that Brita does anything in either of those weeks are very low, but it's like, you're probably gonna be the only team with him if he does. Yeah. And his, his odds of doing it like aren't that much lower than, you know, I think that maybe, Ty J Spears is, is a little bit better, but like Deuce Vaughn just got drafted. Like yeah. Deuce Vaughn's been pretty regularly drafted. I think his odds of doing that are about as high as Deuce Vaughn's. And you'll they're be higher. The they're, higher they're higher than Deuce. Yeah. Look, I like Deuce Vaughn. I love him. I went to the same college as him. We're the same size. You know, I love Deuce Vaughn. But Mike McCarthy has no interest in giving that dude 10 plus touches a game. None. Yeah, Rico Dowdle is the one who rested with the starters and Deuce Vaughn played. Like it's it's Rico Daddle as RB2. By the way, uh, uh, Malik Davis played behind like Hunter Lepke. Like, he's, yeah, yeah. It's gotta gotta eat that one. Gotta eat that yeah. one. Ben, ben drafting some Malik Davis is, is not happening. Yeah. The only way Daddle, I think, loses that RB2 role is if they really think highly of Rojo. I guess we'll learn that tomorrow, right? Like, they'll cut Rojo if he's. Or wait, do they have to make a decision on Rojo? I don't no, know. No, I think when you're suspended, you don't count against the uh, 50. Okay. That's why he did I, it. I, That's why. Because he, yeah. he did a little for the two games, so he'd make the roster. He's actually super fucking smart. <laughs> Your Shane's daily Rojo, Rojo update. <laughs> Damn. We are, we are getting locked out of the late upside tight ends. It's all right. We got, uh, we got Everett. I think Everett and like um, having Everett and Njoku makes me feel like we can get fucking Kate Otten or Durham Smythe, and I'm I'm all right with that. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. What do you guys want to do here? I mean, I, I would take like Kyron at this point. I would take I one think, of these undrafted running backs. I think we take Taysom Hill. We need some ceiling at tight end. I'm, I'm being serious. Taysom over Knox. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah it's fine. Nice. I mean, Taysom's a little after ADP, and I'm fine with it. This is yeah, a- and there are there are multiple uh, running backs that we can take here as well. Like, there's not just one that I think is a target. Is there something to the fact that if we've taken two tight ends with the same bye week, we want to count on Taysom? Oh, whatever, we can take him, but that's probably overthinking it too much. I, it's like any tight end this late is probably not. Very, their their likelihood of scoring points in week five specifically is pretty low. So yeah, yeah, whatever. But yeah, we I mean, need, we just need Taysom Spike to come at the right time. Yeah, people are still doing the like, like other tight ends being signed with the Saints like matters for Taysom. And it's like, oh, Taysom's not playing the preseason. It's like, yeah, I'm not shocked that Taysom Hill like package isn't being used in the preseason. Like, why would it be? Yeah, yeah, like it'd be so weird if it was, right? Yeah, it would be so bizarre. If like like oh, it would be, get- it would be straight up bizarre if that, if that, yeah. if that was like what they. It'd be like, what, why, for what purpose? 
Yeah. Here's the trick plays we're planning on using this yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, why would they do that? Oh man. You guys, you guys are not ready to hear about the running back that I'm gonna tout, but Clyde Edwards Hilaire is starting for the Chiefs in week oh, one. It's no. like no one even knows. Oh, no. Kyron. I'm Kyron, Kyron here. Kyron. Kyron. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is just Kyron Williams, but he's on the Chiefs. No, Davis, you can't take Clyde you guys, Hilaire. You guys are you get this is bad and wrong. I mean, it's fine because we need a running back, but I just want it on the record. I, like I Clyde is not gonna Davis score in week right, seventeen. No. Clyde no. is not scoring in week no, seventeen, no. but he is scoring in week one. We can't we can't do it with oh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's kind of, the week one point it, had, it sold me because we, we have Javante but maybe we'll you are so there. right that Kyron will CH is just Kyron Williams on the Chiefs I hate I hate how good of a point it, that was it, well I didn't so so I I posted this cry for help tweet about CH yesterday and, <laughs> and uh Adam Scherer responded and was like I yeah it's just hard for me to take him over Kyron Williams and that was the first thing that came to my mind is I was like these are like the same unathletic, shitty, like theoretical pass catching back, but one of them's on the Rams and one of them's on the Chiefs. But if Jarek McKinnon was on the Rams, we would never even consider taking Kyron Williams. Yeah, that's But the true. thing is, is McKinnon is going to do, it's going to be the same thing that happened last year. McKinnon is going to be kept in the break glass in case of emergency until the weather gets cold. It, it, they're, they're not play, 31 year old Jarek McKinnon is not playing 35% of the snaps for the Chiefs weeks one through 17. He will be... Why can't they just get an okay running back? Why can't they do that? <laughs> Why do they have to frankly... this like, special, like, all right, 31-year-old Jerry McKinnon, we got to play this smart. Like, you're the Chiefs. You're the Chiefs. The running back market is the lowest value for any of these guys in the history of the league. You can't find someone. Frankly, it is to, like... very – it is unserious. It, it is extremely unserious that they have continu- – they've hosted five AFC Conference Championship games in a row – and their best performance in any one of those games, I mean, was Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams was the only Chiefs running back who has been good for them in the playoffs. That's it. And Damian a long time ago. Damian in 2018. But, yeah, it's 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 unserious. It is. Yeah. I mean, I think McKinnon's good at what he does still, but to rely on him at this when he's this old, it's just like, yeah. If it's not that expensive. Like- strategically deploy Jarek McKinnon as the Kansas City Chiefs, you fucked up. <laughs> There's yeah. like just, that shouldn't be part of your plan, plan A. Shouldn't be, let's manage Jarek McKinnon. I, I mean, Davis, like Jarek I, I McKinnon, just, yeah. four years ago, literally is getting Roto World blurbs that he has dead legs and he is the Chiefs out when they get to the, the playoffs. They're like, they're like, oh, dude, we the trainers are working 24-7 with him. He's, you know, he's drinking electrolyte juice. We, we, we've got him doing yoga just to get those legs like up and running. All right. Should we start putting some, some of these gross running backs in the queue here yeah, yeah. and start talking about them? I do want to, I, I do want to defend Kyron a little bit because uh, Suanna in the chat was pointing out that he's like super unathletic. And I actually went through the other day and looked at some of like these kind of guys like Kyron, like the Jamal Williams of the world. And almost all these guys are just as unathletic as Kyron Williams. If you're going for like guys who can kind of like make their way as like the coach trusts them, pass blocker, yeah. you know, productive in college is like a little bit of versatility. Like Kyron actually looks like a lot of these guys who have mattered as contingency rotational backup types. So I don't think the athleticism at this price is really honestly, I don't think it's really a red flag. Uh, it would be if he was like a fifth round pick, I would be hammering it uh, to Davis's point. Then I would be holding it against him, but 
to me that's that's price i'm using price not just bias okay yeah. uh all right <laughs> what do we what do we like here ceh Maybe. is still here i'll throw out Chris evans and rico daddle no unserious again more unseriousness <laughs> it's it's it, like he's under no threat of being cut pacheco okay. has a shoulder injury mckinnon is 31 I don't even like. I hate that you guys are like. Sean Tucker went ahead of him. The third running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers goes off the board because we're just that. It is what it is. It it doesn't make me any happier than it makes you. Yeah, my my only thought is like I just I kind of like Ch has been kind of getting drafted all year. Maybe. Oh, yeah. I think we're on the clock. So yeah. Ch Clyde. is. Clyde. I mean, we kind of have to give Davis Ch. Yeah, we got to give Davis Ch. Yeah, yeah. I would have been on uh, Rico Dallas yeah, right Evans for the record, but um, yeah, I, I'd be actually curious what percentage Ceh has gotten drafted in these because that kind of meaningfully influences my how guess I feel is about, him. about between seventy and eighty percent. Like not everyone, but not not like half undrafted. We got we got a we got an ADP chaser in the chat. Deontay Hardy goes. Mm, that's a good pick. Know. It is a good pick. Yeah. So, this is a good team. This actually, this is a good team. This this came this came in all together. Yeah, let's let's recap the team here. Um, so we got Jalen Hurts, Anthony Richardson, Christian McCaffrey, Javante Williams, Kenneth Gainwell, Roshan Johnson, Kyron Williams, Clyde Brzezilaire. We did what we talked about grabbing some of these late running backs that aren't going to be on a lot of teams. Devontae Smith, Drake London, Deontay Johnson, Michael Pittman, Traylon Burks, Marvin Mims, and Alec Pierce, and then David Njoku. Scooping that value, Gerald Everett and Taysom Hill. Thoughts? This was a good. This was a good team. Like this is just straight up. I I think that so our two v two would have been uh, Downs instead of Clyde, and then who did we choose Pierce over? Oh, it would have been Jeff Wilson, Jeff Wilson and Downs versus Alec Pierce and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Which side of that do you guys like? I mean, honestly. Probably the downs. Yeah, side, I like the downs. But... I like the downs. Jeff Wilson side better. But we got Alec Pierce at like one seventy one. Yeah. Like it's so, sure. it's so late there. But um, I mean that the question, the answer to that is really does JT get traded to the Dolphins or not? It's like so binary. Yeah, it's binary. Um, yeah, I kind of think JT is getting traded. I kind of do. Too. I, I'm now... It does. It feels very like Miami, flashy city. They made you know they hired Michael Daniel. They trade for Tyreek immediately. Like it feels feels like something they would want to do you know i i uh i get i get that but um i don't know at the at the same hand doesn't it feel like jim ursay might be like really serious like you gotta give me a first round pick to get jonathan taylor because we might be dead tomorrow you know i don't know yeah. yeah there so here's the here's the way it feels to me right the Colts were like listen man no one wants you and we're going to put you out on the market, and you're going to find out no one wants you. And then all his teams are like, we would like JT. <laughs> and, <they'll, laughs> yeah. and then they're like, oh, oh okay, I guess we, should, uh, guess we should think through this a little more. And, you know, the Dolphins send a deal, and the deal's getting rejected. I don't know. Maybe, this, maybe all these reports are nonsense. But the fact that there's still clearly, like, some kind of ongoing negotiations with these teams, offers have probably been exchanged and rejected. It's the type of thing that happens before someone gets traded not to say he's definitely getting traded but like this all feels like i i, 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 I agree guy with gets that. traded. I, I agree with that yeah i think it's gonna take 
a second team getting involved to like drive up the asking price. I think we've heard that the Dolphins have made like a legitimate offer. There have been some other offers made, but I think not that serious. So, I mean, that's kind of what happened with McCaffrey in the end, getting traded to the 49ers as the Rams stepped in. They kind of drove up the asking price to a point where Carolina uh, had to actually pull the trigger. So that's the teams I'm looking at the bears. I'm looking at the Rams, looking at the dolphins. One of these other teams besides the dolphins needs to like step in and start ponying up uh, some offer to sort of drive up the asking price. And that's probably how it gets done. But anyways, um, good show guys. I think we'll wrap up here. I think we'll probably, we actually haven't talked about this, but I think we'll do one more show next week. Final ADP chasing. Um, yeah. What are we going to do in season? Are, are, are we just done? Are people, they, the people don't get, the, the there's no ADP anymore? to chase. There's no ADP to chase. What are we? I <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was thinking like every week. I think is probably going to be tough for us, but I would love to do like maybe some monthly best ball resurrection ADP chasing. Like we'll we'll do something. We'll we'll figure it out internally and get back to you guys. But it'd be fun to like do something in season. Uh, maybe not hitting you guys every week live, but we'll. I'm sure we'll we'll figure out something. Um, it's been. It's been a blast, but um, yeah. Anyways, final final week, final stretch. Pat, anything else coming out of legendary upside? Are you are you doing more uh, running back upside write ups for some of the third round? Guys yeah, my plan is actually back? to do those now. Um, okay, and write those up because I have, uh, you know, in the hotel room, have moved out all my stuffs in. Uh, is you know, God knows what Murphy's doing over there. Uh, I don't look like he's, he's just vibing, dude. Cool. Yeah, um, <laughs> so he's doing the lick thing. I'm like, that's getting a little nervous about what he's what he's planning to do in the bed. <laughs> um, so anyway, all the stuff's on its way to San Diego and uh, living out of a hotel room. So my work process is not what it usually is, but that is the plan for me to write up some more legendary scenarios for the backs going outside of the top two rounds. Um, but yeah, that the you know the kind of classic legendary running back uh, article that I do every year, the looking at the guys in the first two rounds is completely free. So go check that out at legendaryupside.com. Awesome. Davis, what about for you? Are you doing the the main event with Silva and Thorman that you normally do? It's tomorrow, it's tomorrow night. Yeah. So that'll uh, be awesome. out. That should be, that should be this week's take cast. And then um, Corrine and I Thursday morning are going to do the show we've done the last two years, I think. And we are going to do our league winners. So we're going to go through like basically like you're, you're drafting this weekend. This is this year's Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, you know, total, total breakout guys. So that's coming. That's coming this week. All right. Looking forward to you guys breaking down Adam Thielen's uh, breakout case. <laughs> do a juice. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, that sounds fun. Uh, well, good stuff, guys. I'll be, um, yeah, I'll be here next week for ADP chasing. We'll have a roll announcement soon, some more details about my in-season content plan, but uh, that'll probably be sometime at the end of this week. Anyways, we will see you guys all next week. Thanks again to everyone for hanging out in the chat. Um, that was a fun show. Peace. <laughs>